You're listening to Renegade Talk Radio. President Xi entered the United States with zero U.S. flags being flown and was given the red carpet treatment, replete with U.S. soldiers holding the communist flag. The optics are obvious, and there has never been a more important time to pay attention to what is happening to the republic than right now, because it is being sold down the river right in front of our eyes. Why else would the Secretary of State look like he's a witness to treason? Well, Mr. President, it's good to see you again. We've spent many hours together over the last uh, 10 or 12 years, and to host you in the United States is a great honor and a pleasure. China's art of war psyop is ongoing and exhausting, but the tactics have paid off for China as those within our government bleeding America dry arrogantly aid and abet China's campaign to dominate the West. The China-U.S. relationship, which is the most important bilateral relationship in the world, should be perceived and envisioned in a broad context of the gl- of the accelerating global transformations unseen in a century. It's from the river to the sea. It's used by terrorists to call for the genocide of the Jewish people. Do you regret using it? While the Democratic Party leadership foments total chaos as pro-Palestinian Democratic zealots turn on their masters as they storm the DNC. Tunnel Vision now occupying the party's objectives as their anti-Semitic supporters spiral into pure chaos. Folks say, oh, they're just cleaning up this place because all those fancy leaders are coming into town. Um, That's true because it's true. China's suck-up Newsom is all in on his role in the emergence of a communist-style government in the Golden State as he blatantly admits that San Francisco was cleaned up for communist China President Xi's visit, not for the residents of San Francisco. Talk about our dependence on China. Today we're actually talking about Xi Jinping, picking on Donald Trump's word vermin to talk about that status quo. You know what's vermin? What's running around San Francisco on a given day before Gavin Newsom cleaned it up on a dime to roll out the red carpet for Xi Jinping. If he could do that for Xi Jinping, he could have done it on an ordinary day. And yet we're here sitting talking not about the substance of that, but on one word that Donald Trump said in some speech in Miami. This is what's wrong with the mainstream media. Let's be honest, though. Gavin didn't stand a chance. Biden's the one that's been bribed. Biden's the one who didn't pop the spy balloon. Biden's the one who covered up the lab leak. Biden's the one who stored his classified documents in Chinatown. Gavin's going to have to work a lot harder. The Chinese bribe his family and he drops sanctions. Chinese spies steal our trade secrets and the Biden family defends the spies in court. The United States has so much economic and military leverage over China, but we can't use it because China has leverage over our president. China's in a demographic death spiral. Their real estate market's blowing up. Their GDP's dragging. Investors are souring. 
Now's the perfect time to squeeze the Chinese. But since the president's compromised, Chinese behavior isn't changing and Chinese profits are still flowing to corporate America. It's a win-win for everyone except the American people. And as the jaws dropped of Americans paying attention to the blatant treason before their eyes, the FCC adopted rules to prevent and eliminate digital discrimination, essentially ensuring that the nefarious 5G towers will now reach every American community while stifling innovation by grinding the Internet to a slow halt via big government regulation. As China launches the world's first next-generation Internet service more than 10 times faster than existing major routes. Two years ahead of schedule. John Bound reporting. That is the latest from John Bound. The New World Order infiltrates the Republic. All right, I'm back, folks. See you on the other side for your Daily Dispatch. It's Friday, November 17th, the year of our Lord, 2023. And you're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. I think it's time. Oh, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The American Journal. I am your host, Harrison Smith. Good to be back. Very good to be back behind the morning desk. Chase Geyser will, of course, be doing the war room today we're doing a little switcheroo feels good it feels right feels good and right and i'll tell you i i come bearing good news we are in fact winning the info war believe it or not believe it or not things are going swimmingly actually in the overall trajectory of where america is headed there's been a mass red pilling on a number of different issues ever since October 7th. And we're going to talk about how things are going and how they could very well go right off the rails and how we're, we're noticing the bubbling up of psyops attempting to distract from the just massive awakening that's taking place. We're going to get into a lot of stories. We'll be opening up the phone lines for your calls today, of course. Lots of videos to show you. So let's just get into it. Here it is, your Daily Dispatch. All right, here it is, folks, your Daily Dispatch for Friday, the 17th of November, 2023. New York judge lifts gag order in Trump civil fraud trial, a gag order that barred Donald Trump from commenting about court personnel after he disparaged a law clerk in his New York civil fraud trial was temporarily lifted Thursday by an appellate judge who raised free speech concerns. Uh, Judge David Friedman is one of the state's intermediate appeals court issued what's known as a stay, suspending the gag order and allowing the former president to speak freely about court staff while a longer appeals process plays out. And of course, Trump is taking advantage of this to sound off on the mistreatment that he's experiencing during this uh, trial and being pretty hilarious. We'll get into some of what he said. The trial judge, Arthur Ingeron, imposed the gag order October 3rd after Trump posted a false comment about the judge's law clerk to social media on the second day of the trial in New York. Uh, in New York Attorney General Letitia James's lawsuit, James alleges that Trump exaggerated his wealth on financial statements, used to secure loans and make deals. And of course, while he had a gag order, Letitia James herself was posting defamatory information to social media in an attempt to sway the outcome of this utterly baseless trial. 
The appellate court intervened after Trump's lawyers filed a lawsuit against Ingeron late Wednesday that challenged his gag order as an abuse of power. They sued the judge under a state law known as Article 78, which allows lawsuit over some judicial decisions. And yeah, obviously, obviously a person gets to talk about the rigged process that they're going through. And all it took was the appellate judge, appellate, 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 Eh, tomato, tomato. All it took was him looking at, uh, you know, the First Amendment to the Constitution to realize that what was being done was absolutely out of line with American values and restored the rights for Trump to actually speak out about the persecution he's facing. Meanwhile, nearly 450 patients at Massachusetts Hospital may have been exposed to HIV and hepatitis. Oh, oopsie. Oh, whoopsie daisy. Nearly 450 patients at Salem Hospital in Massachusetts may have been exposed to hepatitis B, hepatitis C, and HIV due to an improper administration of their IV medications, a hospital spokesperson said Thursday. Uh, HIV is our strength. Diseases are our strength. I, I mean, this is fine. This is good. This is what happens when you remove barriers based on merit to who is in charge of incredibly important things like healthcare. The potential exposures occurred over roughly two years and involved patients who needed an endoscopy. Am I pronouncing that right? Endoscopy? A procedure where doctors use a small camera to look inside the body to detect, to detect diseases. The hospital was first made aware of the possible exposures earlier this year, and the practice was immediately corrected, according to a statement. We sincerely apologize to those who have been impacted, and we remain committed to delivering high-quality, compassionate health care to our community, the hospital said. The likelihood that patients were infected is extremely small, and no patients reported infections as of Thursday, said Adam Bagney, the hospital's director of external communications. He said the hospital is testing people for Hep B, C, and HIV, which are standard tests for potential exposure of this kind, but did not elaborate further on the nature of exposure. You know, it's just it's just one of those things. You know, we're just going to have to get used to this sort of stuff. There was another major train derailment today, massive diesel fire in Atlanta, Georgia, as another train went off the rails. So, you know, whether it's in, you know, there's been planes colliding in, in midair as they uh, go into land, as you've got the tower telling them to land as somebody else takes off. It's like, look, we used to be a first world country. We used to be a fully functional first world civilization, but that's going away now. We're sacrificing all of that. And so just get used to it, whether it's going to the hospital or flying on a plane or just existing outside. You may find yourself poisoned in a variety of different ways out of sheer horrible incompetence nationwide. Meanwhile, from New Republic, a city in Tennessee banned homosexuality, and we all missed it. Murfreesboro, Tennessee, is already beginning to implement the law. A city in Tennessee is using recently passed ordinances to essentially prohibit homosexuality in public and try to ban library books that might violate the new rules. Uh, This, of course, is complete nonsense and not at all what the law says. But, of course, this is just what happens, right? When you ban teaching two-year-olds about transgenderism. They claim that it's a don't say gay bill. And here, if you ban public displays of indecency, they act like you're coming after the gays, which is a little bit telling, I think. Murfreesboro passed an ordinance in June banning, quote, indecent behavior, including indecent exposure, public indecency, lewd behavior, nudity, or sexual conduct. Well, what are the gays supposed to do? 
I mean, you're practically banning homosexuality when you tell people they can't expose themselves on the street. They can't practice public indecency or lewd behavior or nudity or sexual conduct in public. I mean, what? What What are they supposed to do? Do it inside like normal people? I don't think so. You're practically banning gayness. As journalist Aaron Reed first reported, this ordinance specifically mentions Section 2172 of the city code. The city code states the sexual conduct includes homosexuality. Uh, yeah, duh, <laughs> duh. <laughs> they wanted it to uh, ban public indecency, but specifically uh, allow homosexuality. Uh, what are you talking about? No, it's again, you know, people are just going to read the headline and think that a city in Tennessee banned homosexuality when in reality all they did was ban indecent, like the things that are already banned, the things that you're already not supposed to do except that they just do it during gay pride and nobody says anything. So now they're just like, hey, let's not give a pass to people who wave a rainbow flag while they're exposing themselves in public. And now uh, everybody's mad. Meanwhile, The Guardian removes Osama bin Laden's 2002, quote, letter to America after TikTokers new videos praising it more than 10 million times. TikTokers view videos praising it more than 10 million times. On Wednesday, The Guardian removed a letter written by al-Qaeda founder Osama bin Laden that had been published on its website for more than 20 years. This comes as the hashtag letter to America has been viewed on TikTok over 10 million times. TikTok has now uh, removed that hashtag. This, ladies and gentlemen, is what we call a psyop. This is what we call a psychological operation aiming to discredit legitimate opposition to what Israel is doing. Uh, no, Osama bin Laden, first of all, didn't write that letter, okay? And it was written somewhere in Langley, Virginia, if I had to guess, probably by some dude named Josh, just a guess. And that's just the first thing. First of all, letter not from Osama bin Laden. We can show you what Osama bin Laden actually said after 9-11, and he was like, what, me? What are you talking about? That wasn't me. But now there's a letter where he's like, that was me, and actually here's all the reasons. This I, to me, it just it just stinks of a psyop. It smells like a psyop. You've got just massive support for Palestine on TikTok, massive opposition to Israel across all social media. So of course, obviously, the next step is to act like if you oppose Israel, that means you think that Osama bin Laden was right in killing three thousand innocent Americans because he had some grievances about the way the Chechens were treated. Well, I'll read the letter later. We'll go through the letter later. I covered it yesterday on the War Room, but I didn't actually read the letter. So we'll do that today. We'll go through it and talk about how it like it doesn't matter if you have some valid grievances. You don't get to kill 3000 innocent Americans and act like you're the good guy. Oh, by the way, Pentagon doesn't know where trillions of dollars are. Oops. Whoopsies. Why do you think the globalists are desperately trying to censor everybody? Why are they attacking myself and Donald Trump and Elon Musk and everybody else? Because they can't get through this giant megalomaniacal power grab if we're here exposing them. But we're not just exposing their operation. In my new book, we give you the solutions to build a new, better world, an alternative to Klaus Schwab's You Will Eat the Bugs. This is the Great Awakening. The plan to defeat the globalist and launch the second great renaissance. It's a companion to my last book that was a number one worldwide bestseller. And this book is even thicker and even more powerful. Get your copy of The Great Awakening. 
today at InfoWarsStore.com. Either signed as a fundraiser, and I thank you for the support, or unsigned. But whatever you do, take action now. We're fighting for you, but we can't keep on if you don't support us. So please, get the historic book now. Go now to InfoWarsStore.com and get The Great Awakening. The Great Awakening at InfoWarsStore. First came Pac-Man, Donkey Kong, and Super Mario Brothers. And now, the ultimate retro nostalgia throwback game. I present to the world, Alex Jones' New World Order Wars. The turn of the friggin' frogs game. I'll eat your ass. You Nazi scum. Let's free the Patriots and defeat the globalist tech teams. We are going to defeat the globalists very bigly. This game is mostly peaceful. Woo! Ah! going to lower the world's population. <laughs> oh, big deal. I'm taking you down, rapist. I did not have sexual relations with that saxophone. <laughs> Download it now at alexjonesgame.com because as we all know, anything badass gets censored. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the American Journal. I'm your host, Harrison Smith. Just a lot to talk about today. We'll start. Should we start with something at least a little little bit funny? I don't know. Maybe this isn't funny. I mean, it kind of is. We're just going to compare and contrast two of the most important people in our country today. First, of course, being the puppet president, Joe Biden. The second being Anthony Blinken. And I think their faces tell us a lot. If you're watching War Room yesterday, we showed you the clip where Biden calls Xi Jinping a dictator. And you can see Anthony Blinken at that exact moment wince like he just smelled something really bad. And I, you know, Anthony Blinken... uh, you deserve this, but at the same time, can you imagine? Can you imagine being Anthony Blinken? Can you imagine being so woefully unprepared for the position you find yourself in as Secretary of State slash Shadow President of the United States? Just constantly having to be stressed out and wincing at everything Joe Biden does in public. While attempting to start World War III under his watch, it's it's not an easy job he has, and he's not taking it so well. So again, we'll do a little compare and contrast. Uh, first, here's Biden at an event yesterday. I think his v- vacant, confused, sort of befuddled look says more than words ever could about the state of himself and by extension our entire country. Let's go now to clip number three. Here's Biden just existing. Let's watch. What's he thinking? 
Are the shrooms kicking in or are they wearing off? Are the shrooms kicking in or wearing off? Is he sad? Just confused. I mean, it's just... Man is overseeing the outbreak of World War III. Is he just tired? Is he confused? That face you make when you know the government knows about Champ 04. Right. Oh, man. We're just... We're in a pathetic spot, folks. So on one hand, the actual president of the United States, just brain-dead idiot, squid lying on the beach or just like falling out of chairs she fell down the stairs again did you know that uh, they've stopped allowing people to film him coming out of the plane because it's more often than not he goes tumbling head over heels down the stairs so now the only images that we have of it are like really far away shots from like the air control tower of the tarmac you just see a little shape rolling down the stairs. That's our president. That's Joe Biden, which may explain why Blinken looks so very worried. So I guess that video that we just showed you is from his visit to, uh, to Hawaii. This is clip number four. This is Blinken yesterday, I believe, or the day before during the meeting with uh, Xi Jinping. So on one hand, again, we're just, we're just looking at the faces here. We're just looking at the expressions. On one hand, you have the befuddled, confused, half-asleep, kind-of-dead look of Joe Biden. On the other hand, you have the panicked twitching of Anthony Blinken. Let's watch clip number four now. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Preston. Thanks, guys. We're walking out. He's already got the Hitler slash Bill Gates shake back and forth. He's just... Barely keeping a lid on that frantic freak out that you know is bubbling just under the surface. As all of the uh, White House interns hurriedly shoo all of the media people from the room. It's just, um, well, incredibly dangerous, actually. It's incredibly dangerous, the situation that we're in, with Anthony Blinken, who literally is in the Israeli government. Do you guys know that? Do you guys know he is actually a cabinet member in the Israeli government? People I've talked to from the Middle East think that that's just a cover for the Israel, you know, the Israeli government to act like they're under control of America when in reality it's the other way around. But it's got to be stressful. It's got to be stressful for old Anthony Blinken. He hardly has time at all to jam with his band these days between overseeing the outbreak of World War III and trying to keep the corpse that he works for alive it's all very complicated and confusing and i want to talk now a little bit about the adl they're not having a good time either all the worst people in america are they're not having a good time the last couple weeks they're all stressed out you can tell they're not sleeping well they're having a hard time dealing with the way things are going, whether that's Anthony Blinken or, or Jonathan Greenblatt, you can just tell. You can just tell by looking at them. They're not, they're not laying their head down at night and just drifting off to a comfortable sleep. 
they're twisting, they're turning, they're, they're flipping the pillow, trying to get to the, the cool side. All the while, their brain is just racing. What are we going to do? What, how are we going to salvage this? Because it, it's really not going well. It really isn't. Uh, support for Israel has collapsed completely. I think 32% is the latest poll. Information Liberation has the story. Poll, U.S. public support for Israel plummets just 32%. Majority back ceasefire, which again would be, it's just, it's interesting to me. You've got 32% of respondents saying they, that uh, U.S. should support Israel, which means you've got something like 68% saying that we shouldn't. And that's down, by the way, from 41% on October 12th and 13th. So again, I want to try to explain this. I want to try to get this through to people. It is, in fact, the behavior of Israel that has caused the support for Israel to collapse. There's a lot of narrative out there that it's somehow a response to the attack on Israel, that they that people support, uh, support Hamas because of what they did on October 7th. But five days after October 7th, support for Israel was a good 10 points higher than it is now, meaning support has collapsed since that time, not because of anything that Hamas did, but because of the unrelenting bombing of Gaza that has murdered over 11,000 people, including something like 6,400 children. So that's why, that's why everybody is uh, moving away from the genocidal maniacs and not wanting anything to do with them. And this mindset is permeating even to the highest echelons of the neocon supposedly dissident right. We'll show you a clip from Charlie Kirk. We'll show you a clip from Jonathan Greenblatt himself trying to deal with the outcome of the situations that they themselves caused, like anti-Semitism on college campuses. Gee, it turns out that you can't fund racist hate classes for 10 years and not get some backlash. If only somebody had told them, you know, like us, like we did. Finally, after close to a year, in early November, where I'm cutting this ad, we finally got one of our flagship products back in stock, Ultra 12, the highest quality vitamin B12 organic. You take it out of the tongue so you get better absorption into the body, through your blood vessels, and what it does to every system in your body is simply incredible. It's the natural, clean, energy, focus, immune system, everything. And it's 40% off exclusively at InfoWarsStore.com. This has been rated as the best B12 in the country. It's available from a top lab that we private label it through at InfoWarsStore.com. Ultra 12, vitamin B12, taken sublingually, now back in stock at InfoWarsStore.com. Or you can call toll-free and order it as well, 888-253-3139. And Ultra 12 funds the InfoWar as well. InfoWars.com is tomorrow's news today. and minds of the American people. It's the American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. So lots of videos uh, to show you. Let's, let's get into some of these videos, shall we? Two videos come courtesy of uh, 
Charlie Kirk, actually. First is actually a video of him. And the second is something that he posted. And this is an interesting sort of end to the arc of Charlie Kirk. Not the end, but an interesting development to the arc of Charlie Kirk. And you got to give credit to Nick Fuentes and the uh, Groypers who targeted Charlie Kirk for the Groyper Wars, asking him very uncomfortable questions about contradictions in his own beliefs in terms of being America first, but actually kind of being Israel first, and being actually confronted with those ideas made Charlie Kirk look really bad because he didn't have an answer. He didn't have an answer as to how supporting Israel with billions of dollars is America first or how backing homosexuality is in any way consistent with the Christian belief and credit to Charlie Kirk that he's actually seems to have changed his mind on some of these things and is actually willing to change his rhetoric when he's humiliated about how bad and dumb his rhetoric is. So I want to go to this video. It's clip number five. Basically what happened is that Elon Musk has single-handedly changed the entire media landscape, specifically when it comes to organizations like the ADL. Not just a few months ago, the hashtag ban the ADL trend campaign had them freaking out and very upset. And Elon Musk is talking about suing them for organizing an advertiser boycott that they first were proud of and published their, you know, activities in, uh, but then denied that they ever did it and claimed that claiming that they did it uh, was actually anti-Semitism, which is just a little confusing, but not really when you understand how this works. If you talk about it in a good way, then it's good. If you talk about it in a bad way, then it's anti-Semitism and you're a hateful bigot. And that's just the way things go. So first there was the hashtag ban the ADL. Now there's hashtag Gaza genocide. And the ADL, whose purpose is to disguise their activities under the claims of anti-Semitism and protecting you know, Jewish people from defamation, when in reality, their entire purpose in an Orwellian doublespeak sort of way is to defame the enemies of the geopolitical entity, the state, the nation state of Israel, using and weaponizing claims of anti-Semitism in order to achieve goals in a geopolitical sense that have very little, if anything, to do with anti-Semitism. And they've lost a lot of credibility recently, and they're only losing more as they continue to attempt to silence critics of Israel who in some cases may very well be a radical Islamist. But I think the number of those people is vastly outweighed by the number of people who just don't want to see an endless slaughter take place that are sick of seeing daily dozens and dozens and dozens of innocent people and children being killed by indiscriminate bombing of their open-air prison in Gaza.
And so the latest is that Elon Musk responded to a comment about the funding of anti-white rhetoric and agendas in places like college campuses by the likes of the ADL by saying, yeah, you're telling the truth here. And I'm telling you, the Overton window has been shattered at this point. And people are saying all sorts of things that are, were absolutely unthinkable a couple months ago, definitely a couple years ago. So here we have Charlie Kirk making some statements that he never thought he'd make. And he's actually right about this. Let's go now to clip number five. Here's Charlie Kirk uh, talking about the financing of anti-white rhetoric causes and ideology, especially in academia. Let's watch. Let's go to this. Jewish communities have been pushing the exact kind of hatred against whites that they claim to want people to stop using against them. Now, I don't like generalizations. Not every Jewish person believes that. But it is true. The Anti-Defamation League was part and parcel with Black Lives Matter. It is true that some of the largest financiers of left-wing anti-white causes have been Jewish Americans. They went all in on woke, and it wasn't just ADL. It was some of the top Jewish organizations in the country that have done that. In fact, we have seen this with the recent retreat of Jewish donations that are no longer um, going to be administered to colleges, right? Mark Rowan, Leon Kaufman. Can we get that full list? It's very powerful. The part of the, tw- so that's totally true. And by the way, Tucker Carlson reinforces this. So I'm going to kind of, it was quite a day on the internet. It was quite, it was quite a day on the internet. Because yeah, you saw Tucker Carlson and Candace Owens making those same statements and just expressing the view that I think a lot of people had where for years we have been fighting against trying to speak out against the anti-white agenda on college campuses and finding no purchase, no ability to stem the relentless tide of anti-white hatred, explicitly bigoted racist rhetoric and ideology that's not just anti-white, but like genocidally anti-white, right? Your DNA is an abomination, you know, you're born bad. And all you have to do is search on Google, just search like ADL whiteness. Just search that and you can see the list of things that the ADL has claimed are hate speech, things like saying white lives matter, things like saying it's okay to be white. That's anti-Semitic racist rhetoric, which it's like saying it's okay to be the thing you are is bad, really. And it's not even necessarily a bad thing that you've got Jewish donors that don't want their money going towards institutions that seem to harbor a large population that's against the things that the Jewish donors believe or are. I think that kind of makes sense. I guess the thing that it makes me wonder is why the white donors are continuing to fund all of this. Like what is the setup where when Jewish donors see anti-Jewish rhetoric in universities, they immediately react, they immediately respond, they immediately say, I've been giving you millions of dollars a year. I'm cutting that off unless you bring this to heel. 
where were the white people to withdraw their donations when it wasn't just like protests going on? Like a lot of what's happening on college campuses now are just groups of students who are getting together to express their support for Palestine and opposition to Israel. But there's not a lot that's actually in the curriculum. That's not the case with the anti-white stuff. With the anti-white stuff, they have literally entire courses about it. And actually, you know, Charlie Kirk explains this in response to a video of the ADL's Jonathan Greenblatt. Again, freaking out about what's going on. And we'll show you the response on the other side. We'll show you that video on the other side and then, you know, go through just a list of things that the ADL has not just allowed to happen, but is sponsored and actually provided the curriculum for, given the cover for and paid for. And there's another little twist to this in that the ADL and a lot of these organizations are in fact taxpayer funded. So they get millions of dollars of your tax money to then turn around and shape your curriculum to be explicitly anti-white. Finally, the mainstream is talking about this. Thanksgiving 2023 is here, and I'm giving Thanksgiving for all we've done against tyranny and your incredible support together in this fight. And I'm particularly giving Thanksgiving that X2, our number one product, the only true atomic iodine on the market after a year plus of being sold out, is finally back in stock, ready to ship now. If you don't know the power of X2 and the iodine conspiracy, you are insane. Get X2 now. It could be the last run ever we get shut down. While you still can, at InfoWarsStore.com. Research iodine deficiency and billions of people with cognitive disabilities because they don't have it. X2, X2, X2 is now back in stock at InfoWarsStore.com. Takes a few weeks to kick in, but it is the building block to everything. It's the missing link. They bomb us with the fluoride that is in the same family, but has the opposite effect. This is the holy grail of supplements and empowering yourself. X2, back in stock right now. Discount at InfoWarsStore.com. In the early 1900s, certain companies were off-gassing highly toxic fluoride gases into the atmosphere. The surrounding communities began to get sick. Laws were enacted to compel these corporations to install scrubbers to convert these gases into fluorosilicic acid, still highly toxic but containable. Now these companies had a stockpile of this poison, and there was no affordable way to dispose of it. Lucky for them, one of their major stockholders was also the Secretary of the Treasury, who was responsible for the public health service at the time. And by 1950, the U.S. government began buying this toxic, untreated industrial waste product and dumping it into our drinking water. Reputable studies show that it's causing various cancers and other disease. With the Alexa Pure Pro, you can have clean drinking water and a remedy to this madness. Available now at InfoWarsStore.com. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. All right, folks, welcome back. Axios has an interesting take on this story. Elon Musk backs anti-Semitic claim Tesla shares tumble. 
Elon Musk on Wednesday wrote, you have said the actual truth in response to an ex post that claimed Jewish communities support, quote, dialectical hatred against whites. The big picture, no investment firms that backed Musk's takeover acts, nor those that have backed his other venues, make public statements of opposition or condemnation. Instead, they cowered. Musk later tried to backtrack, suggesting without evidence that he's primarily talking about his advertising nemesis at the ADL, but he never removed the original reply. Tesla stock sank on Thursday, losing tens of billions of dollars in market value because of how wrong he is, I guess. What does this say? Another firestorm against Jews calls for Musk to resign. Social paid Hitler lover. My God. You can tell Drudge has it out for him now. Oh, yeah. Watch out. Watch out, Elon Musk, richest man in the world. So what he responded to was a statement pointing out the obvious truth. And the ADL is just one example, but it is like the primary one where if you go to their website, the whole thing is hatred of white people. The whole thing is an attempt to prescribe every single instance of anything remotely positive about white people as being hate that should therefore be silenced and punished. And of course, the ADL works with the FBI. They provide them the list, which is why the FBI now considers Christian domestic terrorism the number one threat. They're being told that by the ADL, who are their partners and train every FBI agent before they get their badge. All you have to do is go to the ADL's website, start clicking around. Literally all of it is anti-white dialectical hatred. So how are they denying that this is the case? It doesn't make any sense. And I don't even get this. Just in the Axios article, of note, the original poster also implied agreement with the statement Hitler was right. What? He implied agree. What are you talking about in that statement in the post that Elon Musk responded to? That's not true. They just make things up. It makes no sense. And of course, the reaction they, has been that they lose billions of dollars. What they mean by that was that the original poster one time posted in a thread where someone said Hitler was right and he didn't immediately disavow. That's probably what it was. Um, do you know that's what it was? I don't, I don't know what they're even referencing. No, but that is so vague. Like when you read something like that, it just makes me laugh. And it must be something like that. So here's what, he, here's what the actual story is from Information Liberation. Oh, but just to finish with the Axios article. If the venture capitalist firms don't believe they've invested hundreds of millions of LP dollars with someone who's outwardly anti-Semitic, again, there's nothing anti-Semitic about pointing out that places like the ADL, <laughs> that's a BBC writer, uh, pointing out the AB, uh, the ADL clearly is anti-white. Like it's not even remotely – there's no argument. They are. Like it's just obvious that they are. I don't even know why they would deny this. I mean it's, it's like the whole – it's their whole point. <laughs> it's the whole point of existing. And we talked about this and, and went over it with the hashtag ban the ADL thing. When I went back and found an old article from the ADL talking about how to talk to your white students about how evil their skin color is and showing that if you just change the word white to Jew, it becomes horrifically anti-Semitic, hateful, bigoted language. And it's like, okay, so if you say it about Jews, it's anti-Semitic bigotry hate, 
But if you say it about white people, it's the ADL's official stance. So what is the contention here? That the ADL is pro-white people? (laughs) What? (laughs) Like, obviously not. So Elon Musk agreeing with the statement saying that Jewish groups like the ADL, it's explicitly Jewish, I mean, that's the point of it, is anti-white. That's not, uh, it's not contentious at all. That is the reality. If you don't like that, then you shouldn't support them. It's as simple as that. And the ADL doesn't speak for all Jewish people, obviously. But it is a Jewish group and it does spread anti-white hate. From Information Liberation, you have just said the actual truth. Elon Musk agrees Jews pushing hatred against white, uh, whites. Elon Musk on Wednesday said he agreed with an ex-user criticizing Jews for, quote, pushing the exact kind of dialectical hatred against whites that they claim to want people to stop using against them. Jewish communities have been pushing this exact kind of dialectical hatred against whites that they claim to they want people to stop using them. Ex-user Breaking Bot said, I'm deeply disinterested in giving the tiniest crap now about how Western Jewish populations coming to the disturbing realization that those hordes of minorities that uh, support flooding their countries don't exactly like them too much. You want truth said to your face. There it is. Musk responded, you have said the actual truth. I don't see him agreeing with Hitler anywhere in that, Axios. And I don't see anything false about this. Okay, so I guess this was in a thread where uh, they posted an ad about people saying Hitler was right. So yeah, you're literally you were right. You're exactly right. Because they didn't explicitly denounce that statement axios writes he implicitly agreed with the statement Uh, just complete nonsense did you not know i was psychic i mean i guess it's just it's just how it goes the adl unjustly attacks the majority of the west despite the majority of the west supporting jewish people in israel musk said later this because they cannot by their own tenants criticize the minority groups who are their primary threat it's not right and it needs to stop clarifying what he meant a little bit musk said it's right to say the anti-white attitude does not extend to all jewish communities but it's also not just limited to adl and at risk of being repetitive i'm deeply offended by adl's messaging and any other group that pushed de facto anti-white racism or anti-asian racism or racism of any kind must continued i'm sick of it stop now well we'll see how you feel when we rob you of billions of dollars which is exactly what they did cuz apparently he's endorsing tropes that have been used to justify mass murder of jews Right. Sure, I guess. That's kind of weird, isn't it? He's endorsing tropes that lead to the mass murder of Jews. The trope that he's endorsing is that groups like the ADL support anti-white bigotry, which they do. So in a way, what they're saying is that the ADL's behavior in demonizing white people and championing the worst, most hateful, actually racist minority groups is the thing that causes the mass murder of Jews. Am I wrong about that? So Jonathan Greenblatt, he's not having a good time. We'll go now to clip number two. Here's ADL CEO Jonathan Greenblatt on Morning Joe 
lamenting the oppression Olympics on campus. Incredible. An arsonist complaining about the smell of smoke. Let's watch. I am so sick of the safe spaces conversation. Don't talk to me about safe spaces when your campuses are literally unsafe. These college administrators, and you know, it's the oppression Olympics, Joe. It's the oppression Olympics where you either play oppressor or oppressed. And in this victimology madness, Jews are somehow put at the bottom. But here's the thing, Joe. I am so tired of the cowardice. I am so tired of the weakness. So university presence, I am looking right at you. If you violate Title VI and you make your students unsafe, ADL is coming for you. If you create environments where Jewish students are hostile, are being harassed, being targeted, I got news for you. You may have a moral weakness, but you also have a fiduciary responsibility to protect your institutions. And look, whether you're going to lose tens of millions of donor dollars, and you will, or you lose hundreds of millions in federal funding because you lose Title VI, and you will. We are coming for you because I'm tired of waiting, Joe. I'm tired of waiting for them to protect my Jewish kids in school. So I'm going to protect them with the full force of the law. Does that sound like an oppressed person to you? <laughs> the ADL lamenting the oppression Olympics. Incredible. It really is incredible. I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to say. The ADL has been the one of the primary drivers of the so-called oppression Olympics. There's something like 60% of the numbers, 1 through 100, that they claim are evidence of white supremacy. And he dedicated, he has dedicated his entire life to creating the situation that he now laments. Also, he kind of looks like a worm. Please listen closely because this is life-changing critical information. The globalists are bombarding us with toxic chemicals hitting us in the air, the water, the food, the 5G, the poison shots, the shedding, the GMO, all of it. But God's given us compounds through nature that do incredible things in our body. And one of the most important, if not the most important, is vitamin B12. We've got the best organic vitamin B12, Ultra 12, a bestseller, finally back in stock after close to a year being sold out. You take it under the tongue for better absorption, and it's 40% off right now at InfoWarsStore.com. So go to InfoWarsStore.com right now. Get your Ultra 12 and other great products. And for 40% off, some products are even more, and it keeps the show on the air. That is a 360 win. The only way you lose is not taking action. I thank you all for your support, being part of this fight. Now go to InfoWarsStore.com right now. Rising above the propaganda, this is the American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. All right, welcome back, folks. It's not not really that complicated, right? You've got headlines like this. Elon Musk boosts anti-Semitic tweet, claims ADL and other groups push anti-white messaging. Okay, so just so we're clear, to claim that a- the ADL and other groups push anti-white messaging is anti-Semitic. That's what they're saying. Okay. 
So if you believe that the ADL push anti-white messaging, you are anti-Semitic and you hate Jews, which is a little weird because you have things like this, ADL definition of racism that specifies discrimination by, quote, white people comes under fire. So they actually changed the definition of racism that they use to explicitly say that only white people can be racist and that you cannot be racist against white people. According to the ADL, racism can be defined as the marginalization and or oppression of people of color based on socially constructed racial hierarchy that privileges white people. Okay, so this, to me, is uh, anti-whiteness, right? When you explicitly call out white people, claim that they are bad, and only they are able to commit racism, you are anti-white, but if I point that out, I guess I'm anti-Semitic. No, that's not how this works. And again, all you have to do is just, just peruse around the ADL for a little while. George Floyd, racism and law enforcement. As they tell you how to talk about how racist uh, white police officers are and how, uh, you know, um, Derek Chauvin is a bad racist murderer who killed George Floyd just because he's black. Oh, by the way, uh, Derek Chauvin has just filed for a vacation, a, a stay on his sentence because it has now been revealed and acknowledged by the authorities that George Floyd did, in fact, die of a uh, fentanyl overdose. So that's okay. Just disinformation from uh, disinformation and defamation from the ADL explicitly to demonize all white people things like this. What is critical race theory and why is it in, in the news so much? Where, of course, they talk about how great critical race theory is and how if you oppose critical race theory, it's because you're a racist and you're hateful. And, uh, you know, to claim that critical race theory is somehow divisive is bad. Children's books, especially those that focus on race and racism, are being banned in the states that have these laws and states that don't. The topic of critical race theory has been inserted into uh, political races and again, they're completely in favor of critical race theory and have helped to be a major proponent of critical race theory, which is, in fact, just another word for the so-called oppression Olympics that Jonathan Greenblatt is now decrying and claiming is so dangerous and bad for Jews. So, yeah, you know, it's uh, have you ever heard the story of the golem? Have you ever heard the story of? You know, building a monster to defeat your enemies and only to have it turn on yourself. Again, it's an arsonist complaining about the smell of smoke. It's a murderer complaining that they got blood on their clothes. And Charlie Kirk goes through a list of these things, which again, good for Charlie Kirk. ADL CEO Jonathan Greenblatt recently went on Morning Joe to excoriate the cowardice of university administrators, the lament, and to lament the oppression Olympics on campus. Where was Jonathan Greenblatt when a Drexler University professor said he wanted for Chris, all he wanted for Christmas was white genocide and it was protected by the administration? Where was he when the University of Chicago had a course entitled The Problem of Whiteness? Where was he when Nicole Hannah-Jones published 1619 curriculum into schools completely rewriting American history and villainizing white people? Where was he when Ibram X. Kendi defined anti-racism as racism against whites? Oh, that's right. His organization pandered to the Oppression Olympics and partnered with the 1619 Project and put Kendi on their recommended reading list. If Jonathan Greenblatt were genuinely waking up, I'd be the first to celebrate. But does anybody think he's really changed? There's been no change. 
There's no inconsistency here. He wasn't saying anything about, you know, the danger of the oppression Olympics and how it relates to the demonization of white people. He's just mad that Jews aren't on the top of the list. They're on the bottom of the list, he says, as he threatens to defund entire universities. You're tuned in to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, this is The American Journal. We're going to open up the phone lines for your calls this hour. Take your calls throughout the second half of the show. We have a lot more to cover. I guess we'll move on from this topic. But look, the ADL is, is and has been for 70 years at this point the primary motivating group behind just massive strife and, and division and hatred in this country. Obviously, you know, the, the name of it is Orwellian in the sense that it is doublespeak and that the Anti-Defamation League does nothing but defame people. But whether it's tearing down Confederate statues or getting Ibram X. Kendi and so-called anti-racist, a.k.a. anti-white, and you know, the funny part is they'll support, you know, so-called anti-racist agendas that are clearly just anti-white but if you go to the ADL they have a section for you know hate speech or, or phrases that are white supremacist among which is the phrase anti-racism is anti-whiteness so they'll put they'll push anti-racism but if you say hey this just seems like anti-whiteness well now you're a racist and a white supremacist according to the ADL but they train and inform the FBI. And one of the things that we covered on the war room, I don't have the article in front of me, but the ADL claims that anti-Semitic incidents have increased 400% in the last two months. Yeah. Anti-racist is code for anti-white. That's a phrase. They say it's a racist slogan that became popular among white supremacists in the mid two thousands. Hilarious, right? They'll, they'll always trace it back to some. They're like, it was uh, started with an essay from Bob Whitaker. It's like, who the hell's Bob Whitaker? Nobody, nobody needs to have some essay read to understand that when Ibram X. Kendi says, I'm anti-racist, by the way, white people are the only people that can be racist. Uh, gee, what's he saying? <laughs> Come on. It's obvious. <laughs> this is obvious. But they act like uh, everybody's reading some weird white supremacist blog and getting all of our ideas from that. Total nonsense. So, yeah, it's uh, the ADL obviously has been, I mean, it's behind the censorship of social media. They put that on display, right? But if you point that out, you're anti-Semitic and racist. They've been behind supporting a lot of anti-white rhetoric on universities, whether it's Imram X. Kendi or just any of those just absolute grifters. And so, yeah, now it's coming back to bite them. And they don't know how to handle it. 
ADL director sounds alarm over lack of support for Israel amongst Gen Z. A leaked phone call between the ADL director Jonathan Greenblatt and an unknown party made social media rounds on Tuesday, offering a rare glimpse into the top concerns of Jewish power figures. In the video, Greenblatt can be heard raising concerns over Gen Z and TikTok for a terrifying lack of support for the state of Israel. We have a major, major generational problem said a voice in the video purporting to be ADL director Jonathan Greenblatt on a conference call. We played this video on the war room, so I didn't pull it in today, but maybe we should. All the polling I've seen, the ADL's polling, the ICC's polling, independent polling suggests this is not a left-right gap, folks. The issue of the United States support for Israel is not left and right. It is young and old. Numbers of young people who think the Hamas massacre was justified is shockingly and terrifyingly high. So we really have a TikTok problem, a Gen Z problem, and our community needs to put energy to this like fast. He continued. You know, yesterday there was a Twitter spaces with Keith Woods and Syrian Girl and Lucas Gage and Nick Fuentes and, a number, and uh, Sam Parker and a number of other people. And it was sort of organizing and strategizing as to how to best continue the exposure of groups like the ADL and to take advantage of the position that Israel themselves have put themselves in by carrying out a relentless bombing campaign against unarmed citizens, you know, 99.5% of the people killed over the last month and a half have been civilians. 99.5. They claim to have killed a couple dozen Hamas, but they have definitely killed over 6,000 children in this. So to act like they're targeting with hyper specificity is just total nonsense. So by behaving in such a abhorrent way, they've inspired a lot of people to actually put thought into their support of Israel and have come to the conclusion that there's no benefit to it. And they're not on the right side of history. It's not good or right or appropriate what's going on. And so now they're, they're freaking out about it. And so while I think it's good to strategize as to how to wage the information war, on this front and use the opportunity opened up here to prevent America being suckered into another war in the Middle East to prevent America from committing the same atrocities that it's committed over the last 30 years. I mean, this is a real golden opportunity for people who love peace and love America and don't want to see America beholden to some foreign genocidal power and actually prioritize America first. This is a good opportunity. But I'm also interested in the strategizing of the ADL. I just want to know, if you're the ADL right now, what are you planning on doing? If you're the ADL and you're sitting here and you're realizing that the people that support you is getting smaller and smaller, the portion, they're older, they're not influential, they're largely just the people that you pay and get into office. And that's the, the real shocking part is that you've got 38% of Americans supporting America's support of Israel and 100% of the American government. Well, 99.9. And then you have the squad who's not supporting it. And of course, the ADL has announced that they're spending $100 million to unseat the squad. Again, it's just like, that's not okay. It's not, it's good. Sorry, it's not ADL, it's APAC. It's the American Israeli Political Action Conference. 
So you've got a foreign lobbying firm spending $100 million to unseat American representatives because of their support for a ceasefire, for a pause of the conflict. And this is the thing. I don't think I need to tell you, we're not exactly fans of the squad here. They're actually kind of socialist idiots. The, the problem is that they've fallen for the things the ADL has preached. And in their mind, Jews are white and they hate white people. But I don't care who they're targeting. I don't like that a foreign power comes out bragging. They're proud about it. I mean, they're not even doing it secretly. It's like they come out and, go and announce, we are launching $100 million effort to unseat the squad for their lack of support of Israel. Everybody in America is like, good, yeah, excellent. It's like, no, that's not good. No foreign power should have this much influence over America. What are you talking about? And do you think that APAC is going to replace the squad with America first MAGA Republicans? You think that's going to happen? You think they're going to spend $100 million to unseat Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and they're going to replace her with Matt Gates? Uh, no, they're going to replace her with another socialist, just a socialist that likes Israel. It's not good. It's the worst of both worlds. Now, there is a, not really a twist to this, but there is a danger to this in that you've got people who have been just fully enveloped in the mainstream narrative for all of their lives, suddenly getting the rug pulled out from under them. And now they are saying things like Osama bin Laden is the good guy, which is stupid and wrong. And saying that Hamas's attack on Israel was justified, stupid and wrong. You don't have to go that far to say the ADL is bad. The satanic new world order is betting against humanity. They're betting on our weakness. They believe they can destabilize civilization bring us down into the ashes of history but the trap they've laid for us will be their destruction not ours if we trust in god and if we are valiant and have courage to speak the truth and not comply and engage in civil disobedience and not join the masses who have decided that they are the scum of the earth who have decided that they will join with this soulless corporate system as for Infowars. We are going to steadfastly continue to fight in the information war with our weapon, the truth, against the enemies of humanity. And we put our faith, and we put our trust, and we put our destiny in the hands of God. Because it's been said a trillion times, if God be with us, who can be against us? The eugenicists over 100 years ago were very public about their plans. They financed major universities, they ran full-page stories and advertisements pushing their propaganda in the New York Times, other major newspapers, that the family as we know it is a bad thing and must be ended. And the first step in that is getting women out of the household and teaching women that cooking dinner and taking care of your sons and daughters and husbands is a bad thing. And I was just sitting here tonight making dinner for my daughter, my four and a half year old daughter. My wife makes dinner a lot of times, but I like to make it as well. I love to make breakfast. And literally, it's the funnest thing on earth to make food for your family and be nurturative 
and then all sit down together and have that communal event. And that's what the system is attacking and bombarding, is our normal biological actions are coming together. They really are sick, evil, scientific cult of filth that want to domesticate us and turn us into lab rats. We cannot let this continue. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back, folks. We'll open up the phone lines in just a little bit. By the way, I've heard, rumor is, there's an exciting new addition to the InfoWars store. I'm very happy to announce that Survival Shield X2 is, ladies and gentlemen, back in stock. Survival Shield X2 has been out for quite a while is the highest quality nascent iodine available on Earth. And it is back in stock and 25% off. Stock up now, folks. Infowarsstore.com. Survival Shield X2 is back in stock and on sale. 25% off. Nascent iodine, most powerful stuff on the market. Probably the best selling product ever at Infowars Store. It's been out for a while because, well, we've had trouble sourcing. Uh, ingredients of the necessary quality. We do not settle for second best. We have the best nascent iodine on the market. It is Survival Shield X2, and it's now back in stock and on sale at InfoWarsStore.com. Support us there. Support yourself with Survival Shield X2. So again, we we do have a, a lot of other stuff to cover, but this is, you know, in the information war, just like in any war, if you have a break in the enemy's line, that's where you mash your troops. The break in the enemy line right now is that the ADL, who regardless of their religious affiliation, has been responsible for the muzzling of the press, for the censorship on social media, for the outrageous behavior of the FBI and other intelligence agencies. They have been a driving force behind it. Again, not not blaming Jews for that, not blaming them for, for being Jewish, just the fact. And it's been going on since they were founded in 1913. And I've read excerpts before from books written in the 1950s talking about the all-encompassing influence of the ADL, who even by the 40s was acting like a de facto secret police force enforcing censorship on the American public. So in the information war, we are on the side of truth and of open discussion and debate and allowing everybody to have access to all sorts of information and trusting that the American people can come to the correct conclusion when provided with a wide swath of varying opinions. And on the other side are the people that think that information needs to be curtailed and censored and hidden from the American people. And so as these two forces clash, we're seeing a retreat from the ADL. We're seeing a doubling back, and we're seeing a break in their lines, which should we take advantage of it, should we pursue it, will free the American people from undue influence, from organizations 
whose primary goal and purpose for existing is about the geopolitical existence of a foreign state. And that's what it's been about forever. So, you know, I know there's other stuff to talk about, but the, but this is, you know, it's like, yeah, there's lots of there's lots of fronts to be fighting on, but this is where the enemy is weakening. This is where the attacks are penetrating. This is where we should double down and reinforce and take advantage of this opportunity. Because again, we're not we're not dealing with like just some vague idea of like we're fighting against censorship and it's just out there somewhere as a concept. No, there are people, there are organizations, there are donors, there are billions of dollars. And by the way, a lot of it's your money. A lot of it comes from U.S. taxpayer dollars. So it's a feedback loop. It's a self-perpetuating phenomenon where you've got the ADL and other groups lobbying the American government. You remember the whole day of hate? Remember that this summer? Or was this like some dude in Idaho posted something on Telegram being like, Friday is the day of hate. And then and nobody would seen it. Nobody heard about it. It, was, it literally wasn't anything. There was not even a plan. It was, just, it was a comment on a Telegram channel with like 14 people on it. And then the ADL said, Friday's a day of hate. And then they spread that around. It got everybody freaking out about the supposed day of hate that was coming up that never actually existed. And then they went to Congress and said, there's this day of hate. We need extra money. We need millions of dollars to combat the day of hate that we made up. And then they got millions of dollars. Congress just expedited it, funded them with millions of dollars. The day of hate came and went. And nothing happened. And then they acted like it was a victory and used it and the millions of dollars they got to, again, perpetuate their own power and further insinuate themselves into the realm of government. So, again, they get millions of dollars. They spend those millions of dollars to further influence the government to get them more millions of dollars so they can infiltrate more into the government so they get more millions of dollars. I mean, it just it goes on and on and on, and we're paying for our own destruction. But it's not working with young people because young people have TikTok, apparently. And they don't know how to deal with this. And so it seems to me like one of the most effective things you could do is not to, you know, if you think about like Event 201 and Avril Haines, current leader of the DNI at the time, she was, you know, just uh, helping to organize the COVID lockdowns before they ever happened and before anybody knew what COVID was. And she was asked by her Chinese counterpart, you know, what about information about a lab leak theory? And she said, well, we're not actually going to confront the accusations of a lab leak theory. What we can do is flood the market with our claims. Right. So if people are out there saying, ah, it looks like this leaked from a lab. Avril Haines said, well, we don't go out there and say, no, actually, it's not leaked from a lab. We just flood the market with a ton of scientists and, and intelligence agents and, and media personalities all claiming that they know that it was a zoonotic transfer and they don't even mention the lab leak origin. They just flood the, the marketplace with their ideas in order to overwhelm and basically muffle the claims of uh, a lab leak origin. So that's sort of the tactic that I think the ADL is taking where they can't necessarily debunk anything that is being said about them because most of it's true. So instead, how can they flood the market with discrediting information? And one of the most effective things to do would be to get a bunch of 
liberal college chicks and soccer moms to act like, you know, they, because they don't support Israel, they now say Osama bin, Ra- bin Laden was right and good and we deserved a 9-11. So now you've got people that, who may have otherwise been like, wow, these people are saying Israel's bad and, you know, maybe I should look into this. And so it's like, oh, yeah, and by the way, Osama bin Laden was a good guy. And it's like, oh, okay, well, you lost me there. You lost me there. So I can't help but think that this f- sudden phenomenon of people le- reading a 20-year-old letter to America from Osama bin Laden is a bit of a psyop. And again, I just want you to, to think in your mind, if you're the ADL right now and you're experiencing this massive drop in support for the thing that you're really designed to uphold, which is the state of Israel. How do you deal with this? I mean, obviously, the last thing you should be doing is sending out someone like Jonathan Greenblatt, whose very existence just oozes vitriol and hatred and superiority. It's very off-putting to the average American person. Looks like that's all they've got right now. Finger-wagging. Thanksgiving 2023 is here, and I'm giving Thanksgiving for all we've done against tyranny and your incredible support together in this fight. And I'm particularly giving Thanksgiving that X2, our number one product, the only true atomic iodine on the market after a year plus of being sold out, is finally back in stock, ready to ship now. If you don't know the power of X2 and the iodine conspiracy, you are insane. Get X2 now. It could be the last run ever we get shut down. While you still can, at InfoWarsStore.com. Research iodine deficiency and billions of people with cognitive disabilities because they don't have it. X2, X2, X2 is now back in stock at InfoWarsStore.com. Takes a few weeks to kick in, but it is the building block to everything. It's the missing link. They bomb us with the fluoride that is in the same family, but has the opposite effect. This is the holy grail of supplements and empowering yourself. X2, back in stock right now. Discount at InfoWarsStore.com. Infowars.com is tomorrow's news today. Where the free thinkers unite. Welcome to the American Journal with Harrison Smith. All right, welcome back, folks. I'm going to go ahead and open up the phone lines for your calls right now. 1-877-789-2539. Give us a call here at American Journal. I want to move on to what's actually happening right now in the war. And we'll get into some of the American news here in just a second, but it's not actually that complicated to me what's what's happening and I explained this yesterday so I don't know how much I need to repeat myself from uh, yesterday's war room episode but essentially you've got these people that have been in the mainstream media milieu just believing everything that they've heard uncritically for a long time and their critical faculties haven't changed they're just getting different information now and again they're buying it hook line and sinker without a modicum of independent thought at all And it's sort of bad and dangerous because they're coming to the completely wrong conclusions about what's going on. There is a nuance to this. There is a subtlety to what's going on. And just because 
somebody has a grievance, like Osama bin Laden has this list of grievances about the Chechens in Russia and Muslims in Somalia, it's like, okay, great. You, so you speak for all, all of Islam and all of these various disparate conflicts are apparently part of the same war. I mean, it's, it's their imagining. But even if he has valid criticisms or concerns, it doesn't make him right for killing 3,000 people who are innocent and had nothing to do with it. And by the way, the result of that attack is the utter devastation of the very people that he claimed to be fighting for. So strategically, not the smartest move, I think. But it's like people just jump from one extreme to the other. And the way I explained it yesterday is like, you know, the mainstream media is this well-lighted highway where you can't get lost and they're just driving you towards a, a obvious and an unavoidable conclusion. And, and you can't get, you know, it's impossible to lose your way. It's well lit. It's, it's protected, big fences on either side. But then something happens that you don't expect. You're introduced, you accidentally flip on some TikTok video that says something different. And it's like suddenly there's out in the woods. Suddenly there's in the middle of the woods and it's dark and shadowy and they're surrounded by predators and they don't know what the hell's going on and they're just lost and confused. And there's like, oh, Osama bin Laden's the good guy? And it's like, no, <laughs> no, you idiot. You don't have to jump from one to the other and, and have no you know, ability to split the difference in any way. It's just, I don't know, man, these people. And so what you need to do is follow the people that have been through the wilderness, that have already charted a path. That's not the mainstream, well-lit, unavoidable path, but is also not just randomly wandering around from one psyop to the other, being tricked by everybody. People like Alex Jones, people like myself even, none of this is new to us. None of the information that is blowing people's minds right now is new to me. I've known it all for decades, okay? I've made it through the red-pilling process without hating anybody, without being an extremist, without just flipping from America number one to America's the great Satan. Like, these are not the only two options available. We have been taken advantage of. America has been used for bad purposes around the world. But also, Osama bin Laden was a CIA asset since the 70s, and we funded him in the first place. It's the same thing we've done over and over. Like he, you know, he talks about Iraq and the you know, 1.5 million children that supposedly starved to death because of our sanctions that, of course, Madeleine Albright was questioned about, and she was like, yeah, that's fine. That's good. I'm in favor of that. Right. Horrible, evil, awful, terrible. We also put Saddam Hussein in power. America empowered Osama bin Laden only to then make him the enemy. America put Saddam Hussein in power and gave him weapons of mass destruction only to turn around and attack him on the basis of those weapons of mass destruction. America so often is the cause of the things that then we get attacked for. It's like obvious at this point. America is the reason that the Ukraine war started and is now being lost. It's our manipulation and, and 
meddling in foreign affairs that have caused all this problem in the first place. But now people are going to be so, you know, wildly opposed to our intervention to fight terror. They want us to support the terrorists because they think these are the only two options. There is a there is a third option. And it's been enunciated for the last 30 years by people like Ron Paul, who 20 years ago was making speeches saying we shouldn't be involved in the Middle East. This is going to come back to bite us in the ass. And of course, at the time, he was accused of being like a Osama bin Laden apologist or something. But that's the false dichotomy, and you don't need to fall for it. Yashar Ali says, over the past 24 hours, thousands of TikToks at least have been posted where people share how they just read bin Laden's infamous letter to America in which he explained why he attacked the United States. The TikToks are from people of all ages, races, ethnicities, and backgrounds. Many of them are saying that reading the letter has opened their eyes and they'll never see geopolitical matters the same again. Which again, this is the problem. The way they saw geopolitical matters before was like it was a Marvel movie. The way that they previously saw geopolitics was... Ukraine good, Russia bad, Israel good, Palestine bad. That was the simplicity with which they understood the incredibly nuanced and complicated world chessboard of geopolitics. They haven't changed that. They are still that simple. They are still that black and white. They are still stuck in that paradigm. They've just flipped sides in one regard. How that flip now you know, intersects with their previous, like, I would wonder. I wonder if people who read the Osama bin Laden letter and are convinced by it completely, despite the fact that nothing he says is new or original or unexpected or in any way deep and, and re- revelatory, like it's all just stuff that everybody who actually pays attention and actually looks at geopolitics knows and has known for decades. So this is all obvious. I wonder if you ask them, like, so are you rethinking Ukraine now? Are you rethinking anything else? Or you just think that Osama bin Laden was a good guy and we deserve 9-11. I mean, it's so stupid. And also, Osama bin Laden, CIA agent, didn't actually commit 9-11. These people are still just completely lost in a world of lies. They're just on the other side now. It's so stupid. The Guardian had a copy of Letter of America, Letter to America posted, but once these TikToks went viral, The Guardian took it down, which has only led to more interest in the letter and conspiracies from TikTokers who say this is a part of the, of the media and the powers that control it are trying, trying to silence the truth. Again, I think it's an entire psyop. Because here's what actually happened after 9-11. Published September 17th, 2001. Dohar Qatar, Islamic militant leader Osama bin Laden, the man the United States considers the prime suspect in last week's terrorist attacks on New York and Washington, denied any role Sunday in the actions believed to have killed thousands. In a statement issued to Arabic satellite channel Al Jazeera based in Qatar, bin Laden said, quote, the U.S. government has consistently blamed me for being behind every occasion its enemies attack it. I would like to assure the world I did not plan the recent attacks, which seems to have been planned by people for personal reasons, bin Laden's statement said. I've been living in the Islamic Emirate of Afghanistan and following its leader's rules. The current leader does not allow me to exercise such operations, bin Laden said. That's what he really said after 9-11. And of course, 9-11 was, in fact, an inside job. I was thinking about going through uh, this letter. But again, it's not even anything interesting. It's just the same stuff that anybody who's been paying attention should know about. He's just like, yeah, the, the Americans have killed a bunch of Iraqis. Uh, they support Israel, which has been very brutal to the Palestinians. It's like people don't know this. 
I think maybe what we need now in America is like a little bit of humility instead of just jumping from like rah-rah Israel to rah-rah terrorist. How about you say, maybe I don't understand things like I thought I did. I have been in a 28-year marathon battle with a globalist. I have come from nowhere to the very heights of politics, not just in America, but in the world. We are engaging the globalists at point-blank range in the information war. But I don't deserve the credit. Yes, I've persevered, but the listeners and viewers who support InfoWars are the real reason we've had the success. We're having now the greatest victories in the fight against the new world order we've ever had. We are now entering the final mile of the marathon. And that's why today it's more important than ever to realize how important you've been in this fight and to continue in the efforts you've been carrying out and to intensify them. God bless you all. I salute you. I thank you. And I beg you to intensify what you're doing now because we are over the target and history is happening. The fight is my fight. It's your fight. It's our fight. God bless you all. If you ever take one piece of my advice, it's get a bottle of X2. It's been sold out for over a year because we wouldn't cut corners and because it's so hard to produce. We finally have a limited run back in supply at InfoWarsStore.com. So many people have serious issues. Look at the UN's own numbers. Billions have cognitive disabilities because they do not have true nascent iodine in their bodies. Most of the other iodine is bound to other heavy metals or bound to other elements so you don't download it. But this is pure atomic certified iodine. X2 is now back in stock, discounted. So I'm giving Thanksgiving right now for this product being here. It funds the info war, but I guarantee you, you take this for a few weeks, you will feel the difference. It is amazing. It's the missing link X2 back in stock at the end of 2023 at InfoWarsStore.com. X2. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the American Journal. I'm your host, Harrison Smith. Phone lines filling up, and we'll go to you very quickly. I do want to cover a little bit about what's happening in the actual war in Gaza and Israel. And I'm actually going to go ahead and put a video in here now. It's been hard to find a downloadable uh, version of this. But uh, a lot of the interesting developments right now are happening in the diplomatic sphere and various countries withdrawing support for Israel or doubling down on it and the reaction from other states like this is where the real changes have taken place over the last 24 hours. After weeks of Israeli bombardment of Gaza and ongoing ground invasion, the unwavering support for the state amongst its Western allies, many remain firm, but cracks are beginning to emerge. The U.S., U.K., and Germany may still fully support Israel's actions in Gaza despite the large civilian death toll, but elsewhere, attitudes have changed. French President Emmanuel Macron, for example, has floated the benefits of a ceasefire, while Canadian leader Justin Trudeau has called on Israel to, quote, stop killing babies, which makes him an anti-Semite, of course. 
This week, Belize suspended diplomatic relations with Israel, joining Bolivia and several other Latin American countries that have recalled their ambassadors to the country. Outside of Latin America, Turkey, Jordan, Chad, and Bahrain have all reportedly withdrawn their ambassadors. Additionally, South Africa's ruling African National Congress said on Thursday it would back a motion to close the Israeli embassy in the country. While these moves are significant, human rights activist Amir Makul says that the power these countries hold is limited. Nevertheless, fissures among Israel's strongest backers are starting to show. And yes, uh, most of this is in direct opposition to the prevailing public sentiment of these countries. And again, there's a lot of weird back and forth where they're like, they're like we, the last thing we want is Hezbollah to be involved, but also we're going to be attacking Hezbollah next. And Iran better not poke their nose in. But also we will be attacking Iranian assets in Syria. And it's like, okay, do you not want them to be involved? Because what you're doing is getting them involved. Al-Shifa Hospital was raided by Israel. And it's also not been going particularly well for them there. The hospital was raided by Israeli troops two days ago. And bulldozers have since raised sections of the complex. They took a number of bodies from inside the hospital complex. Most intensive care patients who are on ventilators have now died due to lack of oxygen and fuel. A large number of premature babies have died due to the Israeli siege on the hospital. Children are suffering from severe intestinal infections due to lack of clean water. Israeli forces stormed two buildings in the complex with tanks and snipers that are still present in the vicinity. And many of the people they arrested uh, have have basically disappeared to uh, Israeli um, prison camps that have no uh, oversight or, or, you know, human rights involved. And interestingly, the BBC was given access to the hospital. And I'm telling you, it's just... I mentioned this a little bit yesterday. If there's one takeaway, I hope that you get from any topic that I discuss. And I, this isn't a conscious thing. I sort of realized this after the fact, because we, we had a, we had a guest, uh, Devin Tracy, and we were talking about black crime and just the amount, the, the amount and the way black crime is dealt with in the mainstream media. And then of course I'm talking about Israel a lot and the way that Israel is, is bemoaning their lack of support around the world. And it's just all about personal responsibility on the individual level and in the nation state level. The reason that people don't trust Israel is because they keep lying about everything. And just like the mainstream media does and has done for the last several years, they'll decry and bemoan and and wail about how nobody trusts them anymore, but they never acknowledge that's because they keep lying about everything. In Israel, whether it's the 40 decapitated babies or the mass rapes or uh, the, the character of the attack that Hamas carried out, who killed all of the citizens when it was been revealed now that the hostages themselves say actually it was the IDF that killed all of the people in the kibbutz or it was the, ID, it was the IDF that airstruck this area and you know killed all these people, including babies, or it was Apache helicopters from the IDF that were indiscriminately firing on the crowd at the music festival. 
And the latest I've heard is something like 80 percent of the civilians that died on October 7th were killed, in fact, by the IDF, who I guess have the same policy that they have for Palestinians in Gaza as they do for Israelis in Israel, which is you're being used as a human shield and are therefore a valid target for elimination. It's called the Hannibal Doctrine. And so they want to be mad that they're not trusted, but they won't stop lying. Just like you have people in this country who refuse to acknowledge that black people are are adult human beings that are responsible for their own actions. They want to act like they're somehow victims of a society that's forcing them to be criminals. It's like, no, just take responsibility. Just understand that it's you're responsible for your behavior and people's reaction to your behavior doesn't just come out of nowhere. It's just all about personal responsibility for me. And when it comes to Israel, they just keep lying. So nobody believes them about anything. And they keep posting things that they claim is proof of something. And then removing the video after it's disproven and saying you're an anti-Semite for pointing out the lies. It's annoying and constant. And there's no need for it. There's no need to lie about this stuff. The attack from Hamas was bad. Why muddle it? Why confuse it? Why shade it and, and disguise it with a bunch of lies that didn't happen? That make people wonder how bad it was at all. If it was bad, just say what happened that was bad. Don't make up 40 decapitated babies that's debunked that very day and just makes people question everything that you're saying. So the BBC was allowed into the hospital and they actually did a segment where they show a video by the IDF and point out how the whole thing was fake. This isn't some right-wing organization. This is the BBC, for God's sake. And they're, like, shocked at how dishonest the IDF and Israeli media is in their presentation of this hospital as some sort of Hamas command center, which they're not even saying anymore. That was the excuse. Well, it's a Hamas command center, so of course we're going to bomb the hospital and kill all the babies in the incubators. And now that they've got access, there is no command center but they're pointing to like a couple guns on the ground and saying, see, this is why we had to do it. And it turns out the guns weren't even there before they got there. Hmm, interesting. Let's go now to clip number 11. Here's the BBC destroying their narrative about the Al-Shifa hospital. Let's watch. Israel described the Al-Shifa hospital as the main headquarters for Hamas's terrorist activity. This IDF animation posted in late October claims to represent a Hamas tunnel system underneath the hospital. But having been inside Al-Shifa since early Wednesday, Israel's yet to produce evidence of the tunnels. It has allowed the BBC and Fox News to film at the hospital, though only locations of Israel's choice. This is what they found. Israel also released its own seven-minute video, which BBC Verify has analysed. A watch, visible in that video, suggests it was filmed a few hours before the BBC arrived. And this IDF video was posted, then deleted, then reposted, this time without a section referring to an Israeli soldier who'd been held hostage. I don't know when this was used the last time. Also in the video, we see a room with an MRI machine. And if you zoom in and we get some light over here, what you'll be able to see are is military equipment. The BBC was shown the same room. And what we see in the two videos doesn't precisely match. For example, there's one gun in the IDF video, two by the time of the BBC footage. 
Israel has told BBC Verify this is because more weaponry and terrorist assets were discovered throughout the day. And as always, an AK-47... Israel also says its video is a single shot with no edits. But this appears to be an edit. We don't know the reasons for that edit, nor how significant it is. The IDF, though, says suggestions it's manipulating the media are incorrect. The IDF video also shows military equipment in other locations, though we can't verify how it came to be there. And what we see in this IDF video doesn't equate to Israel's description of al-Shifa as an operational command center for Hamas. The U.S. is using a different phrase, saying al-Shifa was used as a command and control node. That implies a much smaller facility. Israel is adamant this hospital was a command center, but for now, at least, it's either not found supporting evidence or it's not sharing it. Back to you, Sophie. Kind of pathetic. Kind of pathetic, actually, if you think about it. We had to kill all of those innocent people. It was a Hamas command center, except it was kind of just a node. And actually, we found some guns. Okay, we put the guns there. All right, shut up. You're an anti-Semite. I talk a lot about the great successes InfoWars has had. I don't think anybody can deny it. And it is because of listeners and viewers supporting us. But when we talk about the crew at InfoWars, people behind the scenes, the researchers, the writers... They really have been the MVPs in this fight. And when you look at Harrison Smith and Owen Schroyer and the hard work they engage in every day, five, six, seven days a week, it's really just incredible. So for myself and the whole InfoWars crew, I thank you for your past support. And I want to encourage you now to realize that InfoWars cannot stay on air if you do not support us. I know you spread the word. I know you pray for us. and That's wonderful. Keep doing it. But most viewers and listeners never go to InfoWarsStore.com. And you never buy great products that enrich and empower your life while at the same time keep us on air. I know that less than 1% of our listeners actually go buy products at InfoWarsTore.com. If just 1% more of you took action and went to InfoWarsTore.com, our funding problems will be over. Please take action now.